one of the most amazing things in living for God, the one thing that still blows me away, that a perfect God, a sinless God, a righteous and holy God, would reach out to a sinless person, an imperfect being, and say to them that I want to put my spirit into you. (laughs) That still blows me away. That still blows me away. Every time I see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost, renewed and refreshed in the Spirit, for my own self, when I think to myself, it still blows me away how God can take such an imperfect vessel and put His Spirit into that and bring life and bring hope and bring in something that this world can't comprehend. But for those that have tasted of the Holy Ghost this morning, you know what I'm talking about, that He gives you hope and joy and peace that the world doesn't understand. But we have it today because of the Spirit of God. Praise His name. Hallelujah. And this morning, I, wanna, I prepared a message when I already knew I was coming to, the Gold Coast, uh, to, to Perth. And I shared it to the Gold Coast. But I said to my wife, that message is for when we go to Perth. Maybe the Gold Coast was the trial run. <laughs> but I want to share these thoughts today that the Lord laid upon my heart. I want to talk about the DNA of God. The DNA of God. And hopefully I don't lose you in the beginning, but you'll understand what I'm talking about. If we turn to the book of Genesis chapter 1, where it all began. Genesis chapter 1. And we're reading from verse 26 to 28. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, Created he him, male and female, created he them. Verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And if you can just turn one more page in your Bible to chapter 2 of Genesis. And in verse 7 it says these words, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Praise God. And man became a living soul. I want to say how honored my wife and I are to be here once again. Thank you, Pastor Butcher, for having us. We love coming here. We really do. It's, uh, we feel something special here. We really do. We're part of the church, right? Amen. Thank you. Amen. It's wonderful. I don't take this for granted. You know, I don't. I don't preach out much, and uh, but I, when I get this invitation, I always take it because I love to come in. And if the invitations don't come anymore, I'm so glad I can be a part of what God's doing here. Now, I remember when I was in science class, I wasn't a very good student, but there were little things and pockets of information that I did remember. That is many years ago, nearly 30 years ago. Deoxy, deoxyribonucleic acids. Deoxyribonucleic acids. That's a tongue twister. That's a scientific word. 
It's more commonly known as DNA for us simpletons to understand today. It's a complex, uh, 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 DNA is a complex molecule that contains all the information necessary to build and maintain an organism. All living things have DNA. You have DNA within their cells. In fact, nearly every living, uh, every cell in a multicellular organism possesses the full set of DNA required for that organism. Now, if you're in biology, you remember that windy umbrella uh, 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 ladder looking type thing with bridges going across the DNA it told a lot about the person or the animal that that came from DNA does more than specify the structure and function of living things it also serves as the primary uh, unit uh, of hereditary in organisms of all type in other words whenever organisms reproduce a portion of their their dna is passed along to their offspring that's why your children have some similarities in their looks towards you right they have your dna this transmission of all or all part of an organism's dna helps ensure a certain level of continuity from one generation to the next while still still allowing for slight changes that contribute to the diversity of life. So we have some kind of understanding today of the DNA of humanity. We have our parents' genes passed on to us, right? There are similarities in the way we look and our mannerisms and who we are today. And sometimes you ever seen somebody say, wow, he looks exactly like his dad. Well, he doesn't look exactly like his dad. But you can see his dad in him. Praise God. And today I want to speak to the church on this thought. The church has God's DNA. Because if the church doesn't have part of God's DNA, we're not the church. The building, we've said it a million times, and I'm sure your pastor's told you a million times more, is not, the building is not the church. This is just, Bricks and mortar put together by builders. We are the church of the living God. And therefore, in the structure of us who are the church, should be found the presence of God. Amen. We'll get there. Follow with me. Amen. Mankind is different from all other created beings. We have a will. We have a soul. We choose. We make choices what is right and what is wrong. We have much more creative power than all other creation. Well, we can marvel at nature. And if you're a David Attenborough fan, you can watch all those documentaries about how great nature is. They have nothing on humanity. We are geniuses in comparison to everything else around us. I didn't say we are geniuses. Some of you might be. But in comparison to the rest of creation, we have, we have genius creative power. The things that we can do from the rest of creation. From the very beginning, we were created differently to the rest of creation. We were made in His likeness and in His image. Who am I talking about today? I'm talking about you. All right? Follow with me. Most of all, unlike the rest of creation, we were designed to have a relationship of love with the Creator. Nature has no choice. They were made without that choice but you and i 
because of His love. We're made in His likeness and His image. And we have this opportunity to choose a relationship with the one that reaches out to us, the Creator. Amen? Mankind, in the book of Genesis, became alive when God breathed into him the breath of life. God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, and Adam became alive because of the breath of God. God didn't breathe into the trees. Those roses might be pretty and nice bright red colors. God didn't breathe on those. He spoke those into existence. Uh, you, you might be uh, amazed by the, the sea life. I love the sea. I love fishing. I love snorkeling. It's, it's amazing what you see under there. In Queensland, we have the Great Barrier Reef, a beautiful place. But God didn't breathe into that. He just created it. But he saw mankind as so special to him. The Bible says he created man from the dust of the ground. But he didn't just leave him as a model laying dead on the floor. He breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. God from the very beginning had meant to put a part of himself into mankind. Praise God. We were made in his likeness and in his image. Likeness and image are not the same thing. Otherwise, the word of God would have used one word. But it used two. Image and likeness. If I can just quickly go to that word likeness. It shows that God put his character, his nature, his moral likeness into mankind at creation. That's why man was sinless until they made a choice. You're following me this morning. I'm, I'm getting somewhere today and I'm glad about that. That's why mankind is not some modern day form of a monkey. Hear me this morning. We are not some modern day form of some chimpanzee or gorilla or monkey because they look similar to a structure of a human. They're nothing like us. Amen. There is no planet of the apes. Amen. We have dominion over them despite what they try to teach at school. No, we didn't come from some explosion where an atom hit the floor and suddenly over time evolved and then moisture hit that little atom and somehow it starts to mix with the water and out of billions of years a, a fish like tadpole cra a crawled out of the ocean and, and millions of years later dropped the tail grew some legs and became like you and me that's not true your value and your worth is not on par with a widgety grub or my little pet dog Gucci back home on the Gold Coast amen we have been made in his likeness and his image and God breathed into mankind and man became a living soul. In other words, in the eyes of God, there is no other part of creation as special as you and I here today. Hear me this morning. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're a visitor, but let me tell you, in the eyes of Almighty God, you supersede every part of creation. The beach is beautiful. The trees are wonderful. The flowers smell so nice, but they don't get God's attention. You and I get His attention. You and I get His attention this morning because I believe here on the north side of Perth, God wants to pour out His Spirit upon somebody. He wants to breathe into your nostrils once again the breath of life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This isn't billion years of, of evolution here today. This is the perfect creative power of Almighty God. 
I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, the psalmist says, and that my soul knoweth right well. Praise God. No, friend, we're not some uh, uh, a fluke of nature or of evolutionary cycles. We have been purposely designed by God in His likeness and in His image. Praise God. God gave us, mankind, dominion and authority over His creation. But He always kept dominion and authority over us. I'll put it to you in simpler terms. He said to mankind, You look after my creation, and I'll look after you. Simple. You you look after the tree, you look after the flowers, you look after the animals, the water, the, the beaches, all the good stuff. I want to look after you. I'm not preaching the Greta Thunberg today, but maybe that's why the world is in so much trouble. And people say, if God's a God of love, why is there so much pollution? And why is there so much trouble? And why? Because God gave dominion to mankind to rule this world. But He wanted mankind to be in relationship with God. Are you seeing this? God flowing to man, man flowing to creation. But mankind cut themselves off from God. So creation's got no hope until mankind finds themselves back into the presence of God. Are you hearing me? That's why we live in a world today where people will, will, will march down the street and, and save the spotted whale. It's in danger. There's only 400,000 left, but they'll be quick to sign on a, an abortion bill saying it's okay. The baby's not alive yet. Oh, we live up in a, we're living in a messed up world here today. But I tell you what need, what can fix our world today is allowing God to breathe back into mankind so that this dead, dying, sinful world can come alive by the presence of Almighty God. Let's praise Him for a moment. Sin separated mankind from God's likeness and moral nature. Man was perfectly created. God breathed into him the Spirit of God. But sin separated mankind. And we know that many of us, maybe not all of us know the story that's found in the book of Genesis in the first couple of pages that sin separated them from a place of perfection and it passed down from one generation to the next. They sinned in the garden. Their children, their, their son sinned by killing their other son and sin just from one generation to another. The Bible says that we're born in sin, we're shaped in iniquity. So in the New Testament, Jesus introduces a term an expression that many of us are familiar with because he understood that the, the, the first birth or the first creation of mankind was perfect and sinless. But man now found themselves in a sinful state, separated from God, worshipping the creature instead of the creator. It's happening in our day today. So Jesus has a conversation with a man by the name of Nicodemus. And he says to him, you must be born again. Nicodemus is confused and he's lost. And he says, you must be born again of water and of spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. Praise God. Born again. Jesus was saying, I want to bring mankind back to its original state. But now they are full of sin. So I want to make you new through this born again experience. And you probably heard the analogy before of the born again experience of when somebody's filled with the Holy Ghost. It's like a newborn baby that comes into this world. Life comes out of a lady that's in travail. And as life comes out of that lady's womb, a little baby 
the first sign that that baby is alive is a cry, a breath, a noise. I mean, many of you new parents here with young babies know what I'm talking about. It wasn't long. Between last year and this year, there's been a few new babies, praise God, both physical and spiritual. This is great. You see, the pattern of the New Testament church was according to the words that Jesus had started when he spoke to Nicodemus, you must be born again of water and of spirit. And that's what they preached. They preached that water as in baptism in the name of Jesus, just as Jesus commanded them in Luke. And and he talked to them about waiting in Jerusalem because he wanted to put his spirit, the Holy Ghost was going to fall there in Jerusalem. Who's, who's been filled with the Holy Ghost here today? Aren't you glad that when the Spirit fell upon you, you began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave you the ability, the utterance? But the born-again experience we see through being baptized and filled with the Spirit. Thank you. You see, it's that baptism in the name of Jesus, the Bible says that our sins are washed away. It's that baptism where the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary is applied to our lives. Romans says that we're buried with Christ in baptism and we rise with a new life. The blood of Jesus gives us a new life. What's so important about the blood? Everything's important about the blood. I haven't got an hour or two to tell you exactly this morning in detail. But the blood of Jesus is applied through His name in baptism. Praise God. We don't take baptism as a as a good thing to do to be a part of this church. As a matter of fact, being baptized has nothing to do with you joining this church. Being baptized is about you being born again. Your sins are washed away. You rise with a new life. And what's so important about the blood? I'll tell you what's so important about the blood. I don't know if we have any forensic scientists here this morning that can help me. <laughs> but DNA testing is something that's come in the last 30, 40 years. And they've used that to find blood samples and, and hair particles and, and saliva particles of people and put them under a microscope and find out the true DNA of who that belongs to. And people that have been put in jail for crimes that they never committed have been set free. Because at the crime scene, there was blood samples left there. And they took that blood under a microscope and found out the true DNA of that blood. And recognize that somebody's in jail for something that they never did because the blood does not match who they are. Are you hearing me this morning? Some of you are going to come with me already. When you, re- when you are baptized in Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus is applied over your life. And when the accuser of the brethren tries to match your DNA to the crime, to the sin, to the addiction, to the bad habit, to the evil lifestyle, he's got to get a sample of the blood. But you no longer live by your blood. You're covered by new blood, by the blood of Jesus. And so when the accuser of the brethren looks at the blood that's been applied to your life, he recognizes that blood and he starts to tremble. And he says, what am I doing? Because the blood of Jesus has not lost its power. What was shed on Calvary nearly 2,000 years ago, it's alive today. And it's because of the blood, oh, the blood of Jesus, that my sins are washed away. Peter says it like this, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed for corruptible things such as silver or gold from your vain conversations received by the traditions of your fathers. Received by the traditions of your fathers. That's your biological DNA. 
but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That blood of Jesus is your spiritual DNA. This body is going to go via the grave one day or it's going to meet the Lord in the clouds. But let me tell you, friend, there is a, the blood of Jesus is going to get you into eternity this, this morning. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Uh, you've got to see the blood of Jesus today is more than just uh, the color red that represents your salvation. You've got to see the blood as the DNA of God over your life today. That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Why is he a new creature? Because you don't carry your DNA before God anymore. You carry the DNA of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That ought to get somebody excited this morning uh, because the world looks at your DNA and says, oh, oh, that's the one that used to sin. He used to smoke this, sniff that, drink that, sleep with that. But according to the blood of Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, devil, you got no power over me anymore. I've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Uh, somebody ought to shout this morning, thank you, Jesus. You're no longer the son of a sinner. You're no longer the daughter of a sinner. But today you're a child of God. Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. That old song, and His royal blood now flows through my veins. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you, friend, if you've been born again, you are no longer property of this world. You're no longer property of your past. You're no longer property of the devil anymore, friend. But you are property of Jesus Christ. You are property of Almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Excuse me for getting a little bit excited today, but in my DNA, my dad said, my dad said something to me last year. My dad's a Sicilian man, and he comes from a colorful background, as do all his brothers, as do all of my brothers. It's something that said to be passed down, the desire to do wrong. But my dad said something to me last year that blew me away. I've never heard him say this. He says, you know the, the name Caltabiano? That's my surname. He says, when I look around at the Caltabianos all around Australia, the ones that are still back in Sicily, the ones that went to the United States, the ones that went to Argentina, because several went there as well. He says, there's something about our name. He says, not one of them succeeded. That's what he said to me. So not one of them ended up being a doctor or a lawyer. Because not one of my relatives, maybe there are other Caltabianos. I mean, I moved to Queensland and we had a politician, Michael Caltabiano. The reason why I know about him because he was under investigation for fraud. And got sacked by the Queensland government. True story. We're not related. I think. But my dad said, there's not one good person in our generation that I can say that we can look to that person and say that's a good example of a Caltabiano. I mean, the first Caltabiano that I know in my family to graduate from university was my wife. Because the year before we got married and she changed her name. And I thought, I'm not putting myself down for that. I come to realize something. That's where my bloodline was heading. <laughs> but there was an intervention on the way through. Are you hearing me this morning? There was divine intervention on the way through. Somehow Sam Caltabiano, my dad, the gambler, used to beat up his wife, had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And one day he decided that this Jesus is for me and my wife and for my family. And he was buried with Christ in baptism. The blood was applied and he rose up a new person. What he was trying to say is, if it had not been for the Lord, there's no good in our family. But because of the blood of Jesus, there is hope in hopeless situations. 
Oh, the DNA of the Lord today. Thank God that we're covered by the blood. Thank God that we're washed in the blood. Thank God there is power in the blood. Thank God for the blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Let me take down a side story for a moment. It goes with the message. Some that really started these thoughts all off in my head. I was thinking these thoughts and I went somewhere and I heard somebody bring them up. I said, don't say any more because I want to preach on that one day. <laughs> but Jesus did his great miracle. There was a blind man in John. Let me read this to you. You can follow it on the screen for the sake of time. John 9 and 6. And we had thus spoken. He spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is which is interpreted sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed. This is a blind man. And it says that he came seeing. Now, this is an amazing miracle. If you came to the altar today and you said, I've got the flu, and I went on the floor and slapped on your face, you'd never come to this church again. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't have if I was you. <laughs> but that's not going to happen today. But this blind man, he couldn't even see what the master looked like. And he was blind. And the Bible says Jesus did something really amazing. He spat into the dirt and mixed the dirt and the spit together. And you're all thinking, oh, that's gross. If you were blind right now, you wouldn't have seen what was going on. And if you knew what was going on and you knew it was going to heal you, I don't think you'd be worried about a bit of spit in your face. Sight was coming back, right? So Jesus spits in his fa- on the, uh, in, the, in the dirt and the man in Genesis chapter 2 was created from the, the dust. So he got down to the original ingredient and he put some of his DNA into the original gre- ingredient. Anybody have been pulled over by the police for drink driving? Not that you would drink driving because we're Pentecostal, praise the Lord. But because it's Christmas time and they pull us over and they say to you, breathe in this and, and you breathe in the tube and it comes up. Good, praise God. And they suspect you possibly of using drugs. So what do they do? They get a swab and they wipe your saliva. Because in your saliva, they can tell a lot about you. They can tell you what you're drinking, what you're smoking, what you're sniffing. They can even tell you who you've kissed. They can take a lot out of your saliva. They can do DNA testing through your saliva. Why? Because your DNA is in your saliva. Are you hearing me this morning? Jesus wasn't doing hocus pocus magic. Jesus was putting his DNA into the ingredient that was original from the, from the Garden of Eden. And with the original substance, the DNA of God manifesting flesh and the creative uh, ingredient of dirt, he slapped it into the eye of a blind man. And for the next couple of verses, the, the Jews are saying, what happened here? Is this man, isn't he a blind person? Why is he seeing what's happened here? They call the parents in. You can read John 9. And the parents are too scared to answer. He's of age, ask him. And others are saying, we're too scared to give you an answer. But the answer that the blind man said, I love it, I love it. This is what he says in verse 25. And he, and he answered and said, whether, because they're accusing Jesus of being a sinner. And this is what the blind man that can now see says. Whether he be a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I know, that whereas I was blind... And now I see. 
Let me tell you, friend, there's something that can happen to you this morning when you get into the presence of God. And it's not just beautiful songs and a great atmosphere, but you say, Lord, pour out your DNA into my heart. Pour out your spirit into my life. Let it rain over me, the Holy Ghost, right now, Lord God. I've got needs. I've got troubles. I've got got situations. But what I really need today isn't a doctor's diagnosis. I need the blood. I need the spirit of Almighty God over my life. You see, that's, that's, that's what he wants to do to us this morning. Hallelujah. For us that have been born again, that's our testimony. I might not know every part of the Bible yet. I'm studying and doing my best to find out. But this one thing I do know, once I was blind, but now I see. Once we were lost, but today we are found. Once we were sinners bound by addictions, habits, and, and all types of ugly things. But we had, a, we had a meeting with the man called Jesus. Hallelujah. And he poured his spirit and his love into our lives. And today we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. I can't give you a scientific explanation. But all I can tell you is that he's changed me. He's changed you. And that's enough for me this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's Spirit is the restorating power for mankind today to find themselves back into the likeness of God. Back into the, the character of God. How, do you, how can you become, uh, have the, the fruit of God's Spirit without God's Spirit? Well, I think if I just get good, then I can join this church and I'll get God. You'll never get God uh, get good before you get God. The reason why we need God today is because we're not good. We're sick. We need a blood transfusion. Not in this body, but in this soul. We need the blood of Jesus. Praise God. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Hear me this morning. If you've never been born again of water and of spirit, there's a tank here. This isn't a bathtub. This is a baptismal tank. If you've never had your sins washed away, if you've never applied the blood of Jesus through His name in baptism, don't wait any longer. Don't wait for the conditions to get worse. Make up your mind now. Repent of your sins. Lord, I don't want to live that life anymore. Have your sins washed away in the name of Jesus. Don't fight the Word. Submit yourselves to it. And let me say, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, well, I don't know if I've received the Holy Ghost. Well, let me say this. You'll know if you received the Holy Ghost because the Bible says that they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And while Peter spoke those words, the Holy Ghost fell upon them. They received the Holy Ghost. How did they know? For they heard them speaking with other tongues. Bless the Lord. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. This is how. But the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm so glad. This is more than just speaking in tongues to you this morning. Hear me today. Uh, that's the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. We're not just out to get people speaking in tongues. We're out to get people filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. And the fruit, the evidence, the manifestation of all of that is they spoke in tongues. And if you've never experienced that today, good news. This is your time today. Hallelujah. In closing, if the musicians want to come. In the beginning, God breathed and man became a living soul. Sin entered into mankind and he became flawed. Later, God would give his creation laws to govern them. One priest would go then into the presence of God, a place called the Holy of Holies, and offer up a yearly sacrifice so that sin could be moved from one year to 
to the next. That's the Old Testament law. But sin kept plaguing them. Then God took it to another level. And in John chapter 1, the Bible, uh, in Matthew chapter 1, the Bible says, as the, the angel spoke, he says, And his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. The angel was announcing the Savior, but he explained a little bit further. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Jesus Christ was not another part of the Godhead, but Jesus Christ was God revealed in flesh. God brought his DNA into a body and he walked with mankind and he took the DNA to, an, to, to a, a, a cruel cross and blood was shed. And though it might sound like a gory story, the truth of it all is it is the perfect story of love. And then when the church became a movement, the Bible tells that the church became a movement when God put his spirit into the church. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible says, they were all in one place and in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Praise God. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That's how the New Testament church was born. When God breathed His Spirit into their lives and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Church, today we have His Spirit and we have His name, Jesus. Hallelujah. God wants to bring us back into His likeness and to His image. In Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. This is what our flesh didn't have. We chased after this. We tried to drink our way into this. We tried to smoke our way, sniff our way, sleep our way, think our way. But this is all in the Holy Ghost. It says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. I tell you, friend, there is something that happens to one's life when they get the Holy Ghost, when they get the Spirit of God into them. Hallelujah. They truly have a new lease of life. Some of you know what I'm talking about today. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I'm saying this this morning to remind you and to encourage somebody. We need, the church needs the DNA the deoxyribonic nucleic acid. I'm not talking about a physical DNA. I'm talking about a spiritual DNA that takes you from a life that's heading towards hell, that gives you a life of joy here in this world, but an eternity with the Creator. Praise God. We grow as newborn Christians to mature saints. We make change on this journey, but His DNA stays the same. I said, I still have the same Holy Ghost that I received when I was a nine-year-old child praying at an altar. They, to, they literally had to get me off the altar because I'd been praying for a long time for the Holy Ghost and somebody was being baptized and the altar service was over, but there remained one little young boy at the altar still praying in the Holy Ghost. That was me. 
That was me as a young child. You know why? Because I found a place for the first time in my life, nine years old, messed up by this world already. But I found a place where all my hopes and dreams were. It was in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, friend, God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The day of Pentecost, that was about 2,000 years ago. Those great stories of the Azusa Street revivals, that's about 114 years ago. But today is the day of salvation. And in this place today, I feel the presence of Almighty God. Let me tell you, I'm coming to a close. This is my, my final close. That's why when life challenges our faith and the enemy comes to discourage us, we look to God's Word and we remind ourselves, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He that's within you that's within the world. That's not talking about the Spirit of God moving around us. That's talking about the Holy Ghost within us. Ephesians 3 and 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's not talking about the power of positive thinking, friend. That's talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. That's talking about it's, it's Christ in you, the Bible says. That's the hope of all glory here today. I'm finished, friends. I've preached my little heart out this morning to simply say this. God wants to fill somebody today specifically with the Holy Ghost. I want to ask a question today, and I don't embarrass anybody. But if I had a box here with half a million dollars and said there's a gift I want to give you and I showed you, you'd be running and snatching out of my hands. What I'm talking about today is much, much more valuable than that, friend. Much more valuable. I know friends that had a lot of money, made it from illegal ways. But running away in a jail still after enjoying all of that cash don't do much for you. But oh, when you get the Holy Ghost, they put Paul and Silas in a prison. We heard it this morning. But they still could worship and praise God because it wasn't around them. It was in them. And no prison cell can stop the power of God. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, hear me. If there's somebody here this morning, you've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. God wants to feel you. Well, how do you know that? Because I've read his word. <laughs> if you're hungry and thirsty this morning, he wants you to be filled. We're not going to do any hocus pocus, culty stuff over you. We're going to allow the word of God to become alive in you today. We're going to allow the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you today by virtue of his Holy Spirit. Because God wants to restore you back to your original state. And therefore, you need to be born again. So if there's somebody here this morning or you brought somebody along and, and you need the Holy Ghost, not do you want it if you want it. If you don't want it, you're not going to get it. But you know you want it, but you recognize your need today that you can't live this life without the Spirit of God in your life. I want to ask you make a courageous little effort here this morning and make your way to this altar. If there's anybody here this morning, you want the Holy Ghost, you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. I know there are people that haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost here this morning. But it's something that you know that you want or you need. Even if you're a little bit shy, grab the hand of somebody next to you and say, come on, I want this. Or you've never been baptized, had your sins washed away in the name of Jesus. There's a tank of water over here that will be filled and your sins will be washed away. 
Friend, He wants to make you new today. He wants to make you a new creature. He wants to deal with past issues and events and set you free by putting Himself into your life. So I don't know if I should be begging for you to come today, but I want to ask you, is there anybody here this morning that you want the Lord to pour His DNA into your heart? That you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Some of you ministry, why don't you come and help us this morning? Is there anybody else? Let me tell you, friend, two weeks ago we had two young girls in our church, Sienna and Sarah, both filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. A young, Two young 10-year-old girls, one from South Africa and one from Sudan, and God filled them. A couple of weeks before that, my wife been working on one of her friends, and she, she's been coming to church. But the power of God moved in such a powerful way. This lady, Lee, very shy, sweet young lady, very shy. But the power of God was so strong, wasn't going to beg her to get the Holy Ghost. She came in response to the preaching. She got to about where the, the end of these last seats are, and she collapsed to her knees, and she crawled the next couple of three or four steps. there, shaking under the power of the Holy Ghost. I said to myself, she's going to get the Holy Ghost. But before one person laid a hand on her, she was speaking in tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because God wants to pour out His Spirit more than you want to receive it today. Hallelujah. Come. Come this morning. We're going to pray for these to get the holiest. And if there's anybody else, don't just stay where you're at today. Come out of your seat. Come out of your comfort zone. Because ministry want to help pray with you. But it's God who promised His Spirit. Hallelujah. But I want to pray a prayer of repentance over us today. Is that all right? I just want to get the the soil condition right this morning. Is that okay today? But I haven't sinned. I'm perfect. Well, you need to repent right now. (laughs) But I want to pray a prayer of repentance this morning. Is that okay? And maybe there's something you just realize that you've gone a little bit cold in your walk with God. You've pushed the DNA to the side again and you're going your own ways and you want a bit of a refreshing this morning. This is your time. But let's pray right now. Father, we love you. Jesus, we are